This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. If today's most essential skill is innovation, how can we spark an innovative attitude in today's young people? What is going to be our engine of growth moving forward? I think we have to become a country that produces more better ideas to solve problems that other people need solving in different countries. Then, is it possible to never be sick another day in your life? How about finding a simple, easy way to stay vibrantly healthy? An MIT graduate and chemist shares his secrets. If all of our cells are working right, we're healthy. You can't be sick. So no matter what your disease is called, you can say there's really only one disease, cellular malfunction. Those two stories and a lot more are heading in your direction on this week's InfoTrack. Our show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Some say our nation's future depends on innovation. How can we foster an innovative attitude in the next generation? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Professor Tony Wagner is the first Innovation Education Fellow at the Technology and Entrepreneurship Center at Harvard University. He's the former co-director of the Change Leadership Group at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and now the author of Creating Innovators, The Making of Young People Who Will Change the World. Professor Wagner, welcome to InfoTrack. Thanks. Good to be here. Let's start with your premise. Have all great innovators been groomed and trained to think in an outside-the-box kind of way, or are some people just born with that creativity and drive built in? Well, this is an important question. I make a distinction between real disruptive innovators like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, more significantly, versus people who are innovative, but not necessarily creating entirely new products. And it's my view that we are all born curious, creative, and imaginative with the capacity to be innovative in whatever it is we do, provided we've had the right kind of parenting and nurturing and education. How do you measure that innovative quality? Well, you know, there's a spark of imagination, a curiosity, a kind of zest for learning that I think characterizes people who are innovative, whom I've met and profiled. Other countries have become pretty fierce rivals of the U.S. economy. Are they doing a better job of creating innovators than the United States is? Well, this is the really key question. As a country, we have become increasingly reliant on consumer spending as the engine of our economy. More than 70% of our GDP is based on consumer spending. And that spending has in turn been fueled by debt, people borrowing money as fast as they can to buy things that they may not necessarily need. I don't think that's a sustainable economy. Other countries are producing the goods that we consume and producing them more cheaply and in greater volume than we can. So what is going to be our engine of growth moving forward? I think we have to become a country that produces more better ideas to solve more different kinds of problems, problems that other people need solving in different countries. Now, we've always been known as a very innovative country, but is that because of or in spite of our education system? Other factors like availability of venture capital, strong copyright protection laws, good immigration policy, infrastructure, have probably been much more important than our educational programs and structures. I ask the question, what must we do differently as parents, as teachers, 
as mentors, and as employers to develop the capabilities of many, many more young people to innovate in whatever it is they do. You mentioned education. Let's talk about the public education system for a moment. There's been a lot of criticism of the teaching-to-the-test mentality. How has that affected innovative thinking? Well, it's been disastrous. In my last book, I describe the new skills all students are going to need for careers, continuous learning, and citizenship in the 21st century versus what is taught and tested even in our very best schools. Increasingly, we have only one curriculum, particularly in our middle and high schools, and it's test prep. And because we're using predominantly computer-scored, multiple-choice, factual recall tests for accountability purposes, the results tell us absolutely nothing about the acquisition of the skills that matter most in the 21st century. What kinds of things can schools be doing if they were to change course to foster that innovative type of thinking? Well, there's a number of things. You know, Google has a 20% rule that every employee at Google has the equivalent of 20% time to work on projects of his or her own choosing. And Google facilitates the teaming up of people and so on. What if we had a 20% rule in school? What if we said that every young person will spend the equivalent of 20% of his or her time either pursuing a project or an idea or an interesting question within the context of an academic course or discipline or designing an independent study or some combination. What if we went further? What if we said every teacher, 20% of his or her time should be spent on teaching his or her passion? Because you know what I've discovered is that, in fact, the intrinsic motivations of play, passion, and purpose are probably the most important element in the development of a capacity to innovate. The cost of college has gotten a great deal of media attention over the past few months, and there are many examples of some of our generation's greatest innovators, like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and Richard Branson, Steve Jobs, who did not graduate from college. What are your thoughts about the value of college in this whole process? Every kid is being sort of told now that there's only one path to a decent adult life, and that's via college. And I really worry that kids are accruing enormous debt but not getting benefit. There's a study that came out a year ago called Academically Adrift that points out that half of all students who've had two years of college show absolutely no intellectual growth or increased skillfulness in communication. And a third show no growth after the completion of four years of college. What we don't yet fully realize is that knowledge has become a commodity. It's like air. It's like water. It's free. There's no such thing as knowledge scarcity. We have knowledge glut. We have knowledge accessed. So the world no longer cares how much a student knows. There's no value added in knowing more than the kid next to you because he or she's going to figure it out or Google it, and then where will you be? The world cares about what you can do with what you know, which is an entirely different education problem. It's a matter of skill and it's a matter of will. And teaching more content doesn't necessarily develop either. What we need is better coaching, academic coaches who can really engage students in rich and challenging academic content, but more show them ways of applying that knowledge, developing their intrinsic interest in learning, in contributing, and making a difference. 
Our guest on InfoTrack is Tony Wagner. He's the author of Creating Innovators, the Making of Young People Who Will Change the World. Professor Wagner, I'm sure there are many parents who are listening to this, some who would say, hey, we live in a terrible school district, so how can I overcome bad education in my area? What kind of advice can you offer them? There's a lot I learned from interviewing the parents of these young innovators. The parents actively encouraged more discovery-based exploratory play. And they didn't give kids toys with batteries, and they limited screen time and encouraged playing with basic toys like Legos and blocks and painting and clay and sand. They did not schedule their kids' days up to the hilt. They made sure there were open spaces in kids' days to go out and explore and experiment. They encouraged their kids to find and pursue a passion much more than just mere academic achievement for its own sake. And finally, they encouraged their kids as they pursued a passion to think about giving back, making a difference. In the school context, I think there's a number of things. First of all, advocate for the Google 20% rule. that 20% of class time in any subject, in any grade level, should be devoted to student explorations, student-initiated questions, research, projects. Secondly, I think that parents can think about helping their young people develop a digital portfolio that captures students' best work, and it becomes a motivation for young people to do their best work and to share it. There's a wonderful new website called Pathbrite, P-A-T-H-B-R-I-T-E dot com, a very rich platform for students to develop their own digital portfolios. I think encouraging young people to pursue passions in extracurricular activities, whether it's chess team or debate club or robotics, any of those things tend to build this kind of intrinsic motivation and stimulate curiosity and imagination. Those are some of the things that I think parents do that make an enormous difference. If you were going to make just one societal change that you believe would foster greater innovation in the United States, can you pick just one thing? Education is the key to our future. The one thing that I think we must do is become very clear about what does it mean to be an educated adult in the 21st century? What are the outcomes, the skills, the dispositions that matter most? It's no longer what you know. It's what you can do with what you know. It's a brand new education problem. And once we're clear about that, then we can do the kind of research and development that's required for better forms of assessment and better kinds of teaching. Professor Tony Wagner from Harvard University, the author of Creating Innovators, the Making of Young People Who Will Change the World. Professor Wagner, where can people find you online? TonyWagner.com. Pretty easy. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks very much for the conversation. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, is there only one disease in the world? And is it possible to never be sick another day in your life? The shocking answer will surprise you. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned.